Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Are we supposed to get married? I'm going to just swipe I just want somebody to share my life. In order for love to come, you have to be open to it. You are deserving of a great love. You can keep waiting for the fairy tale. Or you can get on board with the new rules of relationships. If you've read my advice in the LA Times, then you know this ain't your mama's love advice. This is Dates and Mates with Damona Hoffman. Hello, lovers. Welcome to another hot romantic episode of Dates and Mates. Did you know that April is Couples Appreciation Month? Timing-wise, it actually works out perfectly for me because my 15th wedding anniversary is also happening this week, too. So. The good news is, I guess, that will save on having to buy a second present. <laughs> do, do we buy couples appreciation presents? I don't know. I don't know. But I'm super pumped because 15 years is a huge milestone. And I know you're probably wondering, what are the secrets to a long-lasting relationship? And I'll say, for me, it's growth. It's looking at your partner as a mirror who can illuminate your flaws and celebrate your gifts And you can use all of that to grow into the best version of yourself. I truly believe that I am the best version of myself when I'm with my husband. Also, I would say from Seth, I have learned the art of listening. (laughs) Wait, what? What did she say? What? (laughs) Are you listening? No, I'm kidding. But in all seriousness, through him, I really put into practice so many of the techniques and the principles that I share on the show. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't even be here today. I would be an overworked, unsatisfied TV exec living for my two weeks vacation and grasping for inspiration. But instead, my husband supported me to pursue my dream of being here with you and supporting you to live your best life too. Okay, that was pretty sappy. (laughs) So instead, let's get silly today. Let's get silly with the hosts of the Rom-Com Room podcast. They are here to discuss the rom-com genre, specifically wedding movies, and how they can affect our expectations in dating and relationships. But first, we got a dish. And we're switching things up a little bit in the format this week. My longtime listeners will probably take note. But we always are trying to keep things fresh for you and make Dates and Mates the best show that we can. So for today, we have one big headline. It is, what's constructive feedback in a relationship and how can you use it to your advantage? And then later in Dear Demona, I will tackle the burning question, is it ever okay to lie about your age in dating? Mm. Friends, let's dish. D's Dating Dish. The headline today brought to us by The Conversation reads, Don't underestimate the value of giving feedback. New research shows people want to receive it. This article was inspired by a study that was published in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology that looked at how willing people were to give feedback. So in the study, 
a researcher had a mark like a chocolate or a lipstick smudge or something on their face. And get this, less than 3% of people told the researcher about the mark. And the researchers hypothesized from the study that we are reluctant to give feedback, potentially because we don't realize how valuable the feedback is to the person receiving it. And if you have ever like been out at a bar or, you know, having dinner or with friends and then realized when you got home you had lipstick on your teeth or something stuck up in, you know, the cracks and the crevices. And then you were like, why did they just tell me? This is why. They also looked at another experiment that involved pairs of friends, roommates, or romantic partners providing genuine feedback. And while less than half of the feedback givers wanted to provide the feedback when given a choice, 86% of the people wanted to receive the feedback. And kind of going back to what I was saying at the top of the show, if we can use our relationships, both romantic and otherwise, as learning tools and as safe spaces to practice some of these really important interpersonal communication techniques, just think of how much better we would be as a society and how much more authentic we can all become. And I really saw that in relationships, it is vitally important to give that feedback. Because if your partner can't tell you, you got something stuck way up in your teeth, who can tell you that? Who can tell you? And it's also important to give feedback to your partner in ways in which it will impact your own satisfaction in the relationship. So there was a complimentary article in the Center for Mental Wellness that showed how to give negative feedback to your partner. And man, I don't even know if I want to say negative feedback. I'll just say constructive feedback. You know, we don't say criticism anymore. That that got canceled like in 2019. <laughs> feedback. Hey, can I give you some feedback? So number one, talk about behavior, not personality. Like, gosh, you're really annoying is not going to get, get that person on your side or motivated to make a change. If you just say like, oh, it It's kind of getting under my skin when you do this specific behavior, when you leave your dirty drawers on the bathroom floor, for example. And I actually just demonstrated a couple other points. They also said talk about how the behavior affects you, meaning you use eye language. It affects me negatively when you leave your dirty drawers on the bathroom floor for example. And then be specific. Tell your partner exactly what you're upset about. Not just like, oh my God, this house is always a mess. I'm so overwhelmed. It's specific. This is one thing that you can do to alleviate this feeling that I am having. Stick to the present. Your dirty drawers are on the floor right now in this moment. Not like, I remember that time 10 years ago when you left your dirty drawers. (laughs) And then also consider, am I the problem? So am I going to talk about this person, this anonymous person's dirty draws on the bathroom floor? Or is it actually a reflection of my own disappointment that my dirty draws are on the floor sometimes too? Am I the problem? Or is this behavior that I'm expecting from the other person beyond the scope of what is natural, normal, within their capacity, or even just within humans' capacity at all? Of course, when you are going to have this conversation, they say you want to pick a neutral place in time. 
Don't bring something up when you're angry. I say this always, like any conflict you are about to have, really walk through what you want to say and clarify your words if you can. Don't fight or don't engage in a conflict when you're already in a heated place. Then make a habit of giving positive feedback. Positive feedback. So I love it when, and I talk about this a lot on dates too, like how you get someone to show up for you in the beginning. Say, oh, I love it when you call me instead of texting. I love hearing from you in the morning instead of being like, why don't you text me more? <laughs> really inspire them to show up for you. And that that is an example of how you can do that in real time and practice. And then, of course, make some ground rules for how to act during a conflict. Oh, I do this with my kids all of the time, too. But you have to be coming to the table knowing what to expect from your behavior and the other person's behavior. And this is how I've been in a marriage for 15 years and how we do not fight. I really, I mean it, we do not fight. That doesn't mean we don't have conflict, but we, when we come to the table, it's with care for the other person, it's with thoughtfulness and consideration, and it is also with the goal of finding resolution. I think sometimes we come to the table just to express our emotions, but just dumping your emotions on another person or dumping that negative feedback or constructive criticism, if we may, it's not with the intention of this is going to help us be better. This is going to help us communicate. This is going to help me feel less stressed and therefore be a better partner for you. So think about that the next time you get into a potential conflict or you have an opportunity to offer constructive feedback, even if it is, boy, you got something in your teeth. <laughs> and please, y'all, if you see me out in these streets and my hair is out of place or like I've tucked my shirt into my underpants, which has literally happened before, y'all better tell me. You better tell somebody. <laughs> If you want a running head start on Couples Appreciation Month, go ahead and get yourself the Profile Starter Kit, which will get you online quickly and easily. Things are opening back up and spring is here. People are wanting to get back out there and I want you to be one of them. It's time to write or refresh your profile for the spring. You can get it for free at datesandmates.com. When we come back, the hosts of the Rom-Com Room podcast will be here unpacking what we can learn from the best and worst wedding rom-coms. Stay with us. Welcome back. I am here with the hosts of the Rom-Com Room podcast. Mercedes Gonzalez-Pasan is a writer, researcher, and the co-host of Meet Cute's The Rom-Com Room. She's done editorial work for Women in Hollywood and the Call Your Girlfriend podcast, plus... She has a BA in rom-coms and an MA in memes. Kendra Okereke is a 29-year-old solo traveler from Los Angeles. She is the creator and moderator of the Late Bloomer Support Group, a Facebook group for people who identify as late bloomers. And, of course, she's also the co-host of Meet Cute's The Rom-Com Room. Please help me give big smooches to my guests, Kendra and Mercedes. Hey, everyone. Hi, Hi ladies. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, the rom-com room is in the house here on Dates and Mates. Yes. <laughs> and what a perfect time for it because it's my wedding show and you talk about rom-coms. Wedding movies are part of mm-hmm. rom-coms, right? Definitely. Absolutely. Unless they're like wedding dramas. <laughs> <laughs> But I've been binge listening to your show. It's so fun. And I just want to tell all the listeners, how did this collab come to be? Oh, my goodness. So we applied for this. This was like as like a job interview, several Mm -hmm. different interviews. And then it got to the chemistry round where we got to actually meet the other interviewees. And Kendra and I kind of hit it off right away. Our energies really balanced each other out. I loved it. Kendra, go on. Yeah, no, it was, um, I had a friend send this opportunity to me and it was kind of perfect timing because I had just gotten rejected from another podcasting hosting gig for a rom-com podcast and I was really sad about it. And she sent this to me and we did like five rounds of interviews. It's so funny because like Mercedes and I, Mercedes was my second chemistry test. And the first girl was like, I was not really feeling her, but Mercedes was (laughs) awesome. So then they asked us like, who do you want to be with? I was like, Mercedes, is she still like in the running? Because I really like her. And then they told me I was, so I do a lot of solo traveling and I was in London at King's Cross Station, which is like the busiest train station probably like in all of England. And they told they called me on the phone, told me I got it. And I was screaming my head off, like in the middle of this busy train station. Aww. It was so fun. Kendra. Yeah. I, I feel like that's a scene from a movie, like a rom-com. <laughs> my whole life is a rom-com. <laughs> it's the it beginning is. part though. I'm picturing Hugh Grant, you know, you're in, Ooh. you're in the, what do they call it? They call it the tube, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the tube. Yeah, you're in the tube. <laughs> I'm so here for this. And honestly, I'm shocked because you have such great chemistry. I mm-hmm. honestly thought you had known each other forever. Thank you. We've never even met in person. Yeah. Isn't that weird? <laughs> Is that podcast crazy? Podcast connections, podcast partnerships. Exactly. It's so funny in today's world. Yep. But I, I love the chemistry that you have, and I love your passion for rom-coms for all stories honestly like Mm -hmm. you you actually talk about a lot of different films and tv shows within the podcast but why rom-coms what what made you Kendra when you saw that and you were like I I have to host a rom-com podcast why okay Demona I am the biggest hopeless romantic all of those cheesy moments in rom-coms that's what I live for I live for them I always have been I'm I'm the type of hopeless romantic like I write letters to my future husband but I also like identify as a late bloomer so I'm a person who's older who just has little to no romantic experiences and I've started you know I started sharing my story on TikTok and started getting a following and I have a Facebook group for people who identify as late bloomers and it's just nice to kind of feel like you're in a community of people who understand you because as much as I love rom-coms I can't help but sometimes feeling left out when I watch them because I'm like this has never happened to me before but I always feel like I gravitate towards them because I really do believe in true love I believe in soulmates I believe that there is one person out there for everyone and I love that rom-coms just kind of let me I mean, most rom-coms anyways, let me kind of live out that that fantasy that, you know, I am going to find my soulmate. It might be like I'm sitting on a park bench and their dog runs up to me and then our eyes lock or like, you know, we're walking to a restaurant that they spill their soup on me or something. I don't know. It might be that <laughs> Demona Hoffman shows you how to optimize your dating profile <laughs> and then takes you through all of the steps of the dating funnel and then voila. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then I can be married for 15 years just like you, which congrats, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. And yeah, in Hollywood years, it's 45. <laughs> exactly. 
What about you, Mercedes? What made you want to talk rom-coms? Yeah, so my love of rom-coms started with my mom. So it has that nostalgia factor for me. This is what we watched growing up. And then I also have a background in media studies and specifically pop culture. So I really loved watching rom-coms as kind of a cultural artifact to really look at different eras of history and how there are different expectations set up for couples because I think we can see that from an 80s rom-com versus a current day rom-com. And I also love just seeing joy at the end of a film. I don't know, especially for women. So many dramas have like harm-based stories for women and then seeing stuff that's really focused on women and celebrates them because that's what I love, you know? You guys are turning this love cynic into a love believer. No, honestly, <laughs> like my listeners know, even though I'm a love coach, I I am I'm very optimistic. But I used to be a love cynic and I I must admit I have never really been a rom-coms person. It's funny cuz now working on the Drew Barrymore show and she's like the queen of rom-coms. Yeah. <laughs> They've asked me in like for their Instagram profile like what do you think about rom-coms? Do you think they help or hurt your business? Yeah. And I'm like uh, it's kind of both, I guess, because it gives people hope. But at the same time, it does set up so much expectation of like, is it going to happen this way? Or like, if it's not, if it doesn't feel like as grand and, mm-hmm. and, uh, you're not swept off your feet the way that you see it in the movies, is it really happening? But I'm sure I yes. invite you to debate me on this because I'm sure that there's something else. Can I, can I say something? <laughs> I just I feel like love is the one thing in life that you have to be 100% optimistic and hopeful in for it to happen. One of my favorite musical artists is Dermot Kennedy. And he has this line in one of his songs that says love is not designed for the cynical. And it's so true. Like, in order for love to come, you have to be open to it, right? You have to be you have to understand and believe that you are deserving of a great love and of a beautiful love and one that will stand the test of time. And I feel like if you are cynical and you're always out here thinking of the negative, like that's what you're going to attract, right? You attract your thoughts. And so I feel like with rom-coms for me specifically as a hopeless romantic, they inspire me in a way, right? They just like keep that hope alive that like, okay, although I've never been in love before and I'm almost 30, um, it can still happen and it can happen at any moment. And I'm, I'm expecting it to happen and I know that I'm deserving of it. So that's how I feel. I would say that having... The faith. I think that's that's what it is. You, mm-hmm. you said uh, you're hopeless romantic. You're hopeful romantic. Having the hope and the faith is what keeps you going. And honestly, for 15 years in, well, we're more than 15 years in, but we're 15 years married. I did not know that someone like my husband was even possible for me back when I was a love wow. cynic. So it is sort of these stories that do keep us going with the hope and the faith mm-hmm. that something can unfold for you that maybe is even better than some of the stories that you watch. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of the criticisms around rom-coms are about how there is a specific formula. And people are like, oh, it's so formulaic, it's predictable. I'm like, but that's the challenge, right? Like they're convincing you that this is compelling anyway. And this is they're making it interesting despite you knowing what's going to happen. And that's also like the fun of dating like getting to know and like going through like the process like that's the exciting part of like okay what's going to be different about this time I have to share uh, my favorite my favorite rom-com is like kind of an anti-rom-com it is um ready it is my best friend's wedding I love my best friend's wedding I love it (laughs) oh my gosh yeah it's 
It's probably my favorite Julia Roberts rom-com. Definitely. Oh my gosh. But it's so like, there's a happy ending for her, but she doesn't. Yeah. Well, spoiler alert. If you haven't, it was like 25 years old or whatever. <laughs> you haven't seen it. <laughs> she doesn't get the guy, but she's not supposed to get yeah. the guy. And I kind of love that. She goes through the experience and then realizes She's okay, even in spite mm -hmm. of that outcome, right? It's mm -hmm. like the feminist, the feminist rom-com. <laughs> it's so great because it's like the love story of two cowards who won't admit it to each other. And if they don't have that communication, like, of course, it's not going to work. Neither of them are brave enough to say it. So obviously, he's going with someone that's easier in that realm. Mercedes, I never looked at it like that. See, this is why I love your podcast. <laughs> I love the rom-com room because you analyze these movies and what the deeper meaning beyond it is. Like, I didn't even know, Mercedes, that you could major in pop culture. <laughs> oh, yeah. But now yeah. I see why. <laughs> <laughs> My whole master's thesis was about internet memes. So I'm deep into pop culture, internet life, everything. Okay, I thought... I actually thought that was a joke. <laughs> no, no, no. I wrote my bachelor's thesis on rom-coms and my master's thesis on memes. <laughs> For real. <laughs> I was, I thought that was a joke and I was like, girl, I got my PhD in gifts too. So. <laughs> okay, well, that's news to me. That's very interesting. But it really shows in the way that you approach the show and, and the kind of analysis that you bring to the table. It's, it's really meaningful. It's not fluff. And you're honest. Like, if you don't like a movie... You'll talk about it and you can have, yeah. you know, the experience and the lexicon to talk about why. So since this is my wedding anniversary episode, my husband and I kind of had a thing after we planned a wedding, which was like the hardest thing I ever did in my life. Um, <laughs> no, wait, I've had two kids. Let me back that up. <laughs> Equally hard. But the wedding was hard at the time. At the time, it was the hardest thing I had ever done. And so I thought that that gave me like the authority to then go to other people's weddings and be like, I didn't like the cocktail hour. They shouldn't have had that before the appetizers. There were too many tray pass. They really should have had a buffet. What do you think the elements of a great wedding are? Hmm. Okay, so music, like they have to have a good DJ with a good playlist. Like it can't be too much of one kind of music. It has to be stuff that people are willing to dance to. I think always throwing in some old school like cha-cha slides, electric slides type stuff in there is really good. But also like a mixture of slow songs too because even though I chronically go to weddings by myself, I still like slow songs. It's nice to hear Casey and JoJo every once in a while. I also think food too. One of my friends got married and just had the best food I have ever tasted and I loved it too because they just brought it out in bowls and just sat at the table and they're just like okay everyone just help yourselves it wasn't like everyone go stand line we'll dismiss you table by table and honestly I've every single wedding that I've been to since I've just been like you guys need to do food like this like that's <laughs> <laughs> food is everything mm -hmm. I said when I was planning my wedding I was like look first of all I need people to eat well and I need them to have a great time and that's mm -hmm. it like I don't mm -hmm. need everything to be perfect I just want it to be fun and like, it's all about the experience, like you were saying. What mm -hmm. is the experience you want people to have? But I feel like, I don't know if you would agree with this, Mercedes, but I feel like so many times people plan a wedding thinking about like, this is how I want it to be. Yeah. And I think it's really much more about the experience of the people that you're inviting to share it with. 
Hmm. Maybe I'm off base. I can try to talk a little about about weddings because I know she wants like a very private elopement. Yes. And I picture my wedding like the last scene of Princess Diaries when they're just like dancing around her, (laughs) (laughs) which is not a wedding. It's just a party for her. So (laughs) that's just a lot about me. But yeah, I don't have a lot of experience as an adult going to weddings yet. So I'm excited because I did love that show for a wedding. So I totally get you when it comes to judging weddings. (laughs) I, I love it. Because that will show their ranking. So, but I do agree with you. Like a lot of people have this mindset of like, it's going to be here. It's going to look like this. The colors are going to be this. This is going to be my song. It's like, no, you need to create the ambiance for everybody there. This is a celebration of two worlds combining as well. You're making the memories, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you talk about rom-coms on the rom-com room. So what about Wedding movies. <laughs> Do you have favorite wedding movies? I know you did like a whole month on J-Lo. J-Lo yes. movies, wedding planner. <laughs> but um, what do you think about wedding movies? Are there great ones other than the ones that we've already mentioned? Okay, I need to give a shout out. Okay, Mercedes knows my rom-com king is Justin Long. I freaking love Justin mm-hmm. Long. He is everything. <laughs> I cannot get enough of that man. I've been watching him since I was like born and I just love him so much. But he has this like kind of little indie movie called Literally Right Before Aaron. And it's a wedding movie. Like Justin Long is in this relationship with Colby Smolders and they break up and then she gets, she's getting married to this other guy and she invites Justin Long, her ex, to her wedding. And so the whole movie is about him trying to prove to everyone that like he He's okay with it. He's overheard all this stuff. And it's just really, it's lovely and amazing. And it's so funny. And it's just Justin Long at his best. And I think that's one of my favorite wedding rom-coms. That and Wedding Crashers too. I love that one. I love yeah. that one. What about you, Mercedes? Oh my goodness. To me, I can't th- think about wedding movies without my Big Fat Greek Wedding. Mm-hmm. I think it goes under the radar a lot. And I don't know, when it comes to like big ethnic families so relatable i when she's introducing everyone to her cut like her uh, fiance to her cousins and everyone's name is nick and they all look alike and like everyone's just crowded around and then when she's like oh he doesn't eat meat and they're like okay he can have lamb like i don't know what you want like that is just so funny and the fact that he doesn't shy away from her family either like it's not a deterrent it's really like he's there for the long haul and that's so appreciative to me just because i don't know like i'm so close with my family and seeing that on screen i just love Oh, my gosh. I so related to that movie, too, because my my college boyfriend was Greek. And that literally I was a vegetarian at the time. And that literally happened to me. I was just like (laughs) I went to a Greek restaurant, famous Greek restaurant in Chicago with his whole family. And I was like, I literally can't eat anything. (laughs) (laughs) Devona, what's your favorite wedding movie? Other than my best friend's wedding? Yeah. I'm telling you, I don't. I'm not a rom-com girl, but I will say, because I know you've also talked about this one on the show, not in a full episode yet, but I have a really love-hate relationship with 500 Days of Summer because I, you know, I'm like, you and Justin Long, that's me and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Stop. (laughs) Yeah, JGL and I, in my mind, we are also married. Yes. I'm I'm a polygamist. And I, I was with you. Because, funny, I actually went to school with Zoe Deschanel, but I freaking hated her character because I thought she uh, she's the villain. Like, thank you. you. Talk about, like, who's, thank you. She is the villain. There's no debate about this. No one ever agrees with me, oh Demona. Thank you so much. I'm over here like, if you, okay, if you set boundaries, that is one thing, but you cannot set boundaries and then keep pushing those boundaries and expect the person to still respect the boundaries that you set. Like, it just doesn't. 
No. <laughs> she's very confusing in that movie. Yes. She's giving him mixed messages. And he's a greeting card writer. I mean, like. <laughs> he's so sweet. <laughs> Tell us more about what's coming. I know the rom-com room's pretty new. And I'm really excited for where you're going to take it. Tell us what people can expect to hear from the rest of the season and a little bit of how you choose the rom-coms to cover on each episode. Yeah, we love to align with Meet Cute. So any of the fictional stories that Meet Cute's producing, we try to match up themes for the month. So we know April is going to be our musical theme. And we have some great choices picked out. I'm so excited. We also love, we're like, we were already planning our birthday episodes. Kendra's birthday's in May, so it's coming up closer. So we're already like, okay, what are we going to do? Like our favorite, our favorite movie for our birthday. So it's fun. I do love musicals. I am really here for that. Yes. <laughs> I will put the link in the show notes where everyone can find you both and then Everybody, every Friday, we're going to do like a, a weekend listen every week. You listen to Rom-Com Room yeah. over the weekend. Then on Tuesday, you join me for Dates and Mates. Yeah. Thank you both so much for being here. I loved having you for my 15th anniversary show. Yes. Yay. <laughs> Y'all got to listen to this podcast, The Rom-Com Room. It's available wherever you listen to your podcast. Look out for Meet Cute on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe and get all the great Meet Cute podcasts. We'll be sure to put a link in the show notes to make it easy for you. In a moment, I'll be back to answer the listener question of the week. And dear Demona, should I lie about my age to attract younger dates? Mm. I'll tell you in a moment. Welcome back, lovers. I love getting your questions and I love answering them. So now it's time to get into it. Dear Demona. Help me. Our question today comes to us on Instagram from a fellow we'll call N. He lives in Canada and he says, I'm a pretty young 52, very active. Typically, I've dated 15 years younger, but I feel it's time to move on from there. For activity levels, goals, interests, and appearance, I'm finding women, give or take 10 years younger, are more fit for a companion. But I'm finding a lot are not interested in a 50-plus male. I see women's profiles where they say they are younger to get the ideal matches, but in their descriptions, they reveal their real ages, targeting younger men. What are your thoughts on changing your age on your general profile to attract what you would feel to be a suitable mate, but revealing your actual age in your self-description? Side note, typically I have no desire or need to lie about my age IRL. People are often surprised when I reveal I'm 52. But I'm proud of who I am, my accomplishments, and my appearance for my age. And it's so funny that you would say this. And I love getting this question from a guy because I hear this from almost every woman that I work with who's, I would say, over, let's say, 45, certainly over 50. They all say, should I lie about my age to, quote, boost themselves in the algorithm? So I'll tell you a little bit about dating app algorithms, and I'll tell you a little bit about life. And first of all, you have to consider what is your end goal? Your end goal, it sounds like, is a successful, maybe long-term relationship. And I wonder what foundation you would like to build that on. If you are building it on false advertising, and then there's that whole conversation of 
revealing, whether you reveal it in the written part of your profile or you reveal it when you talk on the phone or you have a video chat date or when you see each other face to face, there's still the revelation that you have fudged your your age strategically to meet someone who sounds like you're targeting someone younger. And a lot of people aren't going to take kindly to this. So I would just ask you, N, is that worth the risk? Is it worth the risk to match with somebody who may be great, but may judge you for fudging your age? And also, is it really worth it to fudge your age by these two years? Sounds like maybe, maybe more, but how much are you fudging it by? Like all the time I was searching for a VIB client the other day and I saw this exact thing. I saw guys who were lying about their age over two years, which made me go, is it really two years or is it actually four to five years? Like, why would you fudge it over two years? It's a white lie. But then like, why even do it when you could start your relationship on the foundation of authenticity, right? So the flip side of this is, yes, algorithms. So there is a reality that most people still keep their age range generally too narrow. I'm glad to hear, actually, that you had a wide enough age range to search 15 years younger. But then I'm like, why aren't you also searching 15 years older? (laughs) Because then there are also people who may be your age who have also fudged their age or who are also very youthful and very active and who would be a great match for you other than their physical, biological, on-the-page age. What I always tell people who feel younger than their physical age is that they need to be more proactive about searching and keeping the parameters wide and more proactive about messaging. Use your boosts and your super likes and all of these tools that we have on apps to be visible to the right kind of people. And if you have a picture, particularly that primary photo that someone is attracted to, they're not going to worry so much about the age. They might say, oh, He's two years older than I thought, but look at that handsome face. I want to meet that guy. And studies have shown that people will, they will respond to someone who is outside of their parameters, whether it's age or weight or height or whatever it is, if they find that person attractive and if they find that they have something else that connects them to that person. So it does take a little bit more effort, but I promise you in the end, the reward will be worth it. I hope you enjoyed episode 405 of Dates and Mates. If you love this show, why not spread the love? Most people find out about Dates and Mates from a referral from a friend. So if you love this show, tell somebody, share the love, post on social media, text it to a friend, Hey, wait, speaking of social media, tag me on social media. And while you're at it, send me your questions. I'm at Damona Hoffman on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I would love to address your specific dating dilemma in the next Dear Damona. You can also call me or text me your question at 424-246-6255. Be sure to follow Kendra on all the socials at 
Ken, Tan, Hollywood, and Mercedes at Mercedes GB11. We'll put the links in the show notes and give a listen to The Rom-Com Room. It is so funny, so insightful, such a great podcast. I think you'll enjoy it. And if you want the best deal from our sponsors, be sure to check out our specific link in the show notes. We will be back next Tuesday, (gasps) tax week in the U.S. If that brought up some anxiety for you, then you definitely need to listen to next week's episode. I will be joined by the financial therapist, Amanda Clayman, to talk about how our relationship with money affects our relationships overall. Until then, I wish you happy dating.